No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Show of hands. Who wants to talk about the Jets-Stars game? Or who wants to talk about Ezzy being on TV during the second intermission? Dave's got both hands up. He, Dave says Ezzy. As oh, yeah. we were talking about off-air, Dave and I, if we were at a game, I think I'll be at the game on Saturday with my son. I'm going to be rocking illegal curve gear. Yes. As he was wearing a Blue Jays t-shirt. He was. I, guess he's resp- you know, I, I, I can sort of respect that he was wearing a Jays t-shirt. There, there, Dave's holding up the camera, right, the, the picture had, on the, on the camera. Play, there yes. you go. In Anyways. case you need to see him in motion. <laughs> I love that he waves to the camera wave. too. Well, you know, he sees a big shiny object and he has to wave at it. Nonetheless, yes, the Jets lost to nothing, but Ginsburg was on TV. So all is well in the world. Good think evening, Winnipeg. Think about all that free advertising we could have had for the Legal Curve Post Game Show if he's wearing, you know, the elite, maybe even if we put like a like a, a barcode on him of some sort, yeah. people could have scanned it through the television. Or, you know, like remember back in the, you know, it wasn't, it, maybe it was about a decade ago, boxers sometimes would like wear. Yeah, they'd have a tattooed on their back, not a real tattoo, but like a temporary tattoo. I remember the first one, I think it was like goldenpalace.com, which was like (laughs) then a a, a not fully legal gambling site. Uh, But maybe that's what we should do to Ezzy, Dave, and maybe just tattoo him, uh, you know, just have him wearing, uh, just have him wearing a gigantic illegalcurve.com tattoo uh, at all times. There you go. Upside down fan. Uh, and uh, he... and Spency, people note took note that he was at least wearing an illegal curve toque, so that is good. That is there, there was some go. branding, but it wasn't, you know, it was not the enough. Full thing, no, he wasn't full. He he didn't go full shill. We need him to go yeah. full shill. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's the least we can ask for. All righty. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. DM Squared returns for yet another night of post-game coverage. DM to the right, Dave Manuk. DM to the left, Drew Mandel. Stuck in the middle between both of us is all of you on this Tuesday night. Uh, the Jets drop a 2-0 decision on home ice. Uh, second consecutive regulation time defeat for the Winnipeg Jets. Something that has only happened one other time so far in this uh, early stages of the season. So losing consecutive games is not something that they have done very often, but they have done it now two in a row after losing to Nashville on Sunday. They come home and they can't get it done on home ice against a very talented Dallas Stars team, Dave M. Yeah, there's no question about it, Drew. I mean, look, Central Division games are, are tough ones, and you don't want to be losing them. So you don't want to lose any time. You don't want to lose consecutively, but you specifically don't want to lose against your uh, your big Central Division rivals. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not ideal, but, I mean, look, these are tough games, and we knew that Dallas was going to be a big test for this Jets club. That seemed to be the focus of the uh, mo- morning skate, at least. Rick Bone is talking about, you know, the last time that the Jets faced Dallas on that, was it a Saturday afternoon and lost 3-2? November that, 11th, 17 yeah. days ago. So, you know, there there's a lot of uh, talk about that last loss and how the Jets were not happy about losing that game and mm-hmm. and wanting to get at some measure of revenge. That was a, more of a media question than it was the players specifically. But, you know, ultimately that's that's what uh, the focus of today's game was. The Jets trying to use this as a somewhat of a measuring stick game. 
And uh, you know, it was a bit of a slog. It was a bit a bit slow to start. Of course, speaking of starting, we have to, of course, begin with the Hockey Fights Cancer game tonight. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, like, I don't know how it is on the television, but like, it's hard. Like, I'm watching these kids mm-hmm. uh, suffering from either. It, some of them obviously have not are not still suffering. They've beaten it, but uh, you know, watching that it breaks your heart. Like honestly, like I'm watching these kids, you know, talk with their struggles. And Jay Richardson, how, you give him credit, the PA announcer, he does a good job of of kind of um, imparting the gravity of the situation uh, to the to the crowd and hearing those kids what they went through. Yeah, like it's hard. It's 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 hard to to see that up close and 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 you know, know the battles that these kids have gone through. So we'll talk about a hockey game and, and we'll, we'll analyze the hockey game, but putting things into perspective, if that doesn't do it for you, mm-hmm. if watching those kids and, and the bravery they show and the courage they show and the fortitude that they've shown in order to, to get through this, these hardships uh, early in their lives. I mean, it's, it was hard. It was hard to watch. And, you know, there's a lot of people that we're connected to who have either passed away or have, dealt with cancer so uh it's it's a it's an important night it was a, a theme that we talked about in morning skate or after morning skate and and like i said uh tough to see those kids but happy to see that they were able to to beat it through the um through cancer care in manitoba that you know the foundation so uh so it, it, there were good stories but again it's always it's always important to shed a light on that and what these kids are going through and and the jets made a hundred twenty five thousand dollar donation so that's good but like I said, just a, a hard way to start. Uh, heavy is the heart act, watching and hearing all of these stories. But like I said, uh, glad to see that these kids, um, you know, were able to persevere. And and there was one kid that wasn't part of the ambassadors that they showed up on the Jumbotron uh, before the game began. And he had beaten, I think he was two years cancer free of leukemia. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you see that kind of stuff. And and like I said, you, you it breaks your heart. But you also know that, uh, you know, you're happy to see that these kids have um, persevered through extreme, extreme difficult uh, situations early in their lives. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It does put it into perspective that, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, gumdrops and lollipops, you know, when it really, when you, when you really consider some of the, the, the more serious issues that people are facing and the more serious challenges and each of those kids, uh, yeah, like you said, bravery doesn't even begin to describe what they're doing, what they're doing, what their families are doing. And so a night like tonight that, you know, really uh, highlights the, the, highlights them, highlights the support systems that are in place, Uh, you know, really, you know, you hear the word the word heroic is thrown around way too often when it mm-hmm. comes to sports that mm-hmm. sort of gives you a real perspective and a real uh, really recalibrates what the word heroic truly means so you good good on you for starting that way dave because you're absolutely right no matter what help happened in tonight's game the operative word there is game because that's yeah. real life this is like i said uh sunshine and lollipops and things of that nature uh but yep. sunshine and lollipops needs to be talked about a little bit as well <laughs> otherwise uh i don't know why all you folks would be here so let's talk about it nonetheless. Uh, two nothing loss for the Winnipeg Jets to the Dallas Stars. You know, you, you look at this Dallas Stars team, and I can't help but think that the Winnipeg Jets want to be the Dallas Stars, but they're just not quite at that level yet. Can they get to that level? Sure, they can. I mean, it's still an early season, but Dallas knows exactly how they want to play. And, you know, the Jets on Friday night went into sunrise. Florida and played the 
you know, the, the quote unquote, perfect road game, a real solid road game to get that victory against the Florida Panthers. Well, turnabout is fair play because this was a really solid victory, a really solid road game by the Dallas Stars. You know, low event hockey by and large, except for the flurry in the second period that we'll touch on when we get into the Betway game recap. But Dallas knows how they want to play and how they want to be successful. And you really got to see that on display tonight. Uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. No, there's no, there's no doubt about it, Drew. And and again, you know, Dallas came in and they were one of the best road teams in the NHL. They were seven, yeah. one, and one in in uh, away from Texas. So you know that they're a formidable opponent, and their records just again, not that the Jets' record is is different, obviously. Well, it is now, but the fact of the matter is that uh, you knew that Dallas was was. Spoiling for a game, they had that, uh, you know, their last game, I believe they lost that one to Calgary. Was that not the the last game? And that was three days ago. So they've had some days to lick their wounds and be, uh, try and work on some things to get ready for this game tonight. Not that the Jets obviously didn't have time to kind of get rested after that Nashville game. But ultimately, Dallas, you knew, was was wanting to work on some things and get some things uh, fixed in terms of how they were playing. So um, you got to credit them. They're a good team. They're a deep team. That's one of the, overarching themes that was again talked about in rick bonus's media availability he talked about in i should say the morning skate media availability but he just he talked he basically i'm not gonna say gush but he talked about how good the stars are and you can see it right like you can see up and down that lineup they're they're a really deep team and sometimes and and it's an interesting and and again we're not i'm not maligning the jets because i thought the jets played a pretty good game overall but i just think it was one of those interesting you know, situations where Rick bonus touched on a little bit. He said, you know, we felt we beat ourselves that last game against the stars as you touched on drew November November 11th. Yeah. But, and that's almost what it felt like when it was zero, zero still, it almost felt like that's what it was going to take was a mistake or a miscue by either team in order to kind of set something up. And there were a lot of opportunities. I don't want it to be as if there weren't because there were a lot of, you know, chances both teams had in order to kind of put some points on the board through those miscues, but it just felt like that was what it was going to require in order to, to get that kind of result. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was a good game. I I thought overall it was a good game. I mean, the Jets special teams ultimately is what's going to be the biggest difference in tonight's game. Well, obviously uh, with two failed five on threes and not, and not short, like, you know, 15 to 20 second five on threes. You had one that was one Oh eight and the other was 44, I think. So you know, I, I to me that that'll be the difference probably in this hockey game overall was just the special teams not being special. Thank you to Stan Scott. He just uh, gave us some money. We appreciate that. That's very generous of you, uh, Stan. So thank you. Your comment on the screen. Again, the rule here, folks, you pay us money. We're going to put your comment on the screen <laughs> where we are complete and total shills. We sell out at no questions asked. We're going to be we're, we're we wear the sell out flag, even if they don't wear it, flare, if they don't fly it downtown very much anymore. We yeah. sell we 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 fly the sell out flag. No questions asked. Stan Scott says the Jets pressed in the third, and I think they could have easily got at least a point with a couple bounces. Look, you you talked about it, Dave. Uh, you talked about the 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 special teams, and that is absolutely the story of the game. When you have two five on three opportunities, first of all, it's it, it's it, it's fantastically rare to get two five on three opportunities in a hockey game. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen in, in every single game, not by a long shot. But then you get those five on three opportunities for, as you said, not a short period of time, you know, a minute right. eight 
of, of, of five on three in the second period. And then, you know, what was that? So that was uh, about 50 seconds. 50, it was like 40, 48 seconds. seconds, I think. Yeah, maybe. My math might be a little bit off. It's, you know, math at just before at 10 o'clock doesn't really work well for me. Um, the only math I do at 10 o'clock is when do I need to go to bed to get my full eight hours of sleep? But I've, sure. clearly that ship has sailed. Um, but, you know, significant five on three opportunities. And mm-hmm. the Jets can't capitalize. And right. the, the, it was just not very impressive looking at any point in time it was too far on the perimeter it was slow uh, just just not fast enough not crisp enough i thought it was you're you're looking for too many of the perfect scene passes uh and, and dallas is taking away the scene pass that's what they're mm-hmm. getting that's what they're preventing trying to do everything in their power to prevent you from doing you know it, when it, in a situation like that Pucks on net matter way more than seam passes, especially when Dallas is is taking away that seam pass as much as they possibly can. Yeah, you get the pucks on net. If the seam pass is being taken away, crash bodies down low. Any rebound there, you're going to outnumber the opponent. It's, I mean, you don't have to be a math whiz to know that. Five on three, you get guys down low. You get guys in front of Ottinger, and I know Jake Ottinger is a great goaltender, but if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't handle the shot clean there's going to be an opportunity. There's going to be an opportunity for a greasy goal. Mm-hmm. But the Jets, I thought, were just too far on the perimeter, too much looking for the perfect shot, too much looking for the perfect pass, more than the perfect shot. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure they're talking about it right now when they, as they do the post-game scrums. That is an opportunity handed to you on a platter. You can't take advantage of that. You lose 2 nothing. Well, sometimes it's a pretty simple game to analyze, and that is, uh, you know, a, a, a big red button as for why the jets lost tonight's contest yeah no i mean look they 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 couldn't score goals and and when they had the chances whether it was five on five five on three you know that's ottinger's first shutout of the season first Mm -hmm. time the jets got shutout this season right so they're they're coming off that three nothing win over the panthers then they have the the setback against the preds and and look ultimately this is a this is a game that you don't want to lose i mean this is a dallas team that you've already lost once to and you, like I said, you've already slipped in the central again, not significantly, but still, uh, you're, you're, you're wanting to establish that you are a big dog. And that's what we talked about, right? Like these are the me- measuring stick games. And obviously I'm, I'm saying that not as if it's somehow like, okay, now you've proven that you're not better than Dallas or you can't beat Dallas. Right. But again, it just becomes that sort of, it's almost like Minnesota previously where the Jets had that string where they couldn't beat the wild, couldn't beat the wild. Well, now anybody can beat the wild, but, <laughs> but the truth is that they uh, won tonight. They beat the blues tonight. Well, that's the coach bounce back. Yeah, I know but, the, uh, yeah, the dead cat bounce. There you go. But, but anyways, I just think it's it, to me, it's just a, a an interest. It was an interesting game. I and mean, we saw the line blender, which we haven't seen much of this season. You know, we were trying to figure out because Vlad Nemestikov obviously got hit in the face with that follow through, although it wasn't yeah. really a follow through because he didn't actually hit the puck. Well, you so know, that's, that's funny. You mentioned that. And, and I was wondering the same thing. I know the rule in the NHL, for those of you wondering why there wasn't a fa- wasn't a penalty on that play for high sticking mm-hmm. on the follow through. Uh, if you if you contact a player, it's sort of a bizarre rule to me. But if you yeah. contact a player with what would be a high stick, but it's on the follow through, it's not considered a high stick. Should you have to touch the puck for that? Yeah. You, know, you know, to me, you should have to at least make contact. If you're following with the puck. through, you're yeah. following through with having hit the puck. That would right. be the reading of the of the rule to me. But of course, they, you know, he didn't. It was it Sagan, I believe, who who hit him. 
in the face, right? It was Sagan, right? Or Duchesne? No, it was Sagan. Uh, I think it was Sagan. Yeah, it was Sagan. Yeah, so, I think so Sagan smokes Nemesnikov in the face. And so the point is that we weren't certain watching through, um, watching the the shifts after, even though Nemesnikov came, he went to the room and came back fairly quickly, yeah. whether the line blender late in that second period was because they were just trying to get something done with Ehlers up with Shifley and Connor, and they'd go oh. back in the third, or if they were going to truly make a blend by putting Ayafalo, you know, with the the third line or the fourth, sorry, the fourth line, mm-hmm. and then moving Baron up. Turned out that's what they did. And so we'll talk about that obviously in a little bit, but ultimately the, the only line that remained intact, the, the sacred cow, if you will, is of course that third line. And Mason Appleton almost went down in the, was it the second period where, yeah, no, it was yeah, the first where he went uh, it the, was late in the first period. Yeah. Late in the first, because we yeah. saw him, he started the second period, but, but right. he took that knee to the back of the knee and that almost could have derailed the third line, but ultimately uh, he was fine, but that's the only line that stayed intact. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Yeah, so, no, I, I mean, I agree with, I, I, sorry, you should probably read that comment. Yeah. So Doug, uh, Doug, our good friend is, is his comment is on the screen. You have to touch the puck for it to be considered a shot. I agree. Uh, yeah. He says that's a high stick. And, and I, you know, Again, I I'm curious about that. Maybe we'll reach out to our friends at scouting the refs. That we, you know, I don't know. There. I don't know if we can trust them. Their their picture today was of when they, you know, they before every game they say these are the refs. Yeah, it was literally a picture of Blake Wheeler <laughs> talking to the ref. I'm like, I think that's an old picture. Maybe an old one. They might want to go up. <laughs> Maybe Blake Wheeler was refing tonight's game. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, nonetheless, you're good evening to everyone. Now uh, the top of the hour has come and gone. I will say good evening and welcome to the Illegal Curve post game show. If you're just joining us, Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, DM Squad. We're talking about the Jets' defeat at the hands of the Dallas Stars by a 2-0 game. Uh, again, special teams playing a huge factor in this game. And, you know, Rick Bonus talked about it. Uh, I don't know if it was the days blend together. I'm not sure if it was earlier today or if it was uh, the last media availability uh, before the game in Nashville, saying, you know, the Jets' 5-on-5 five five play has been strong. It's special teams that needs a boost. And you saw that today. I mean, it's that simple. The Jets get, if they capitalize on one of those special teams opportunities, if they score first, you know, rather than Dallas opening the scoring in the second period just after the uh, the Jets' uh, two-man advantage had expired, it's a different contest. I mean, Jake Ottinger was certainly in the zone, so he would played very well tonight. But, you know, at the same time, the Jets have to be ruining the missed opportunities because that's what it boils down to. Uh, in tonight's contest. What I wanted to say, Dave, and I was thinking I said it mm-hmm. sort of earlier in the show, you look at the Dallas Stars, you look at the Winnipeg Jets, I see a lot of similarities between these two teams. Mm-hmm. Dallas is just a little bit deeper up front. And, you know, Jets are way deeper than they have been the last number of years. Yeah. Dallas, to me, is just got a little bit more depth than the Jets do. I mean, you look at, you know, Radic Faxa is, is there is a fourth line player for them. Craig Smith, who's been, you know, you know, has been uh played all those years, I think, with Nashville, if I recall correctly. Sam Steele, former first round pick of the Anaheim Ducks. That's their fourth line. I mean, the third line has got, you know, Jamie Ben and Evgeny Dadanov on it. Mm-hmm. Dallas up front has tons of depth and probably just a little more depth than the Winnipeg Jets. Then you look at the Dallas Stars back end. Although they got some some real talented players on the back end. You have to love Miro Heiskanen's game. Essa Lindell is a good, nice player. Ryan yeah. Suter, veteran guy. They just have a little bit more depth than they do, than the Jets do on the back end or a little more skill than the Jets do on the back end. And you look at goaltending, you know, Ottinger and Hellebuck are probably a toss-up they're both top five goalies in this league so let Dallas me tell you if me, you're if you're canadian and you're thinking about going up against that american duo oh yeah. dear lord 
Well, that's right. It's, it's you know, pick your poison when it comes to a inch best on best international tournament. Unfortunately, that'll never happen again in our lifetime. So <laughs> it'll be what we tell our children about. Maybe yeah. one day they'll be able to get to see that. Uh, but you know, I just look at the Dallas Stars and I say, look, the Jets are like the Dallas Stars light. Dallas is just a little bit better, a little bit deeper, a little bit more talented. And I think the Jets, uh, you know, in the battle here for the Central Division, that's the 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 barometer that they need to get to because mm-hmm. twice now Dallas has come into Winnipeg and I don't know that they necessarily outplayed the Jets that dramatically in, yeah. in either of those two games but they've walked away with four points to the Jets zero no there's I think there's no question about it I think that you you look at Dallas right now they're the front runner right mm-hmm. they've they're standings wise they're ahead of the Jets yeah. they've come in and beat the Jets twice so they're you're you're you've lost that battle in that you know that by that metric now look, it'll be interesting to see. We didn't, you know, we should we should mention that Gabe Velarde was on the ice this morning. Uh, they're waiting for a new brace. It sounds like that's what Rick Bonus is. Uh, oh, I thought the new brace came in and he tested the new brace today. No, 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 no. He he, no, no. He said that, that they were waiting on a brace. He's going to have a brace for tomorrow, oh, and so okay. um, and that he'll have that brace tomorrow, and then they'll. This better he'll... be the world's nicest brace. It's better. Well, it better I mean... be in, in in you know <laughs> encrusted with jewels and rubies, and it's just the, the world's nicest brace. I, all I've heard about it, brace. Well, I I think he's had other braces. I think this is just a different one or a newer one. But ultimately, I think drug mart. They have braces there. I don't think it's exactly the same type of race, but anyways, the point is that he'll he'll have that tomorrow. The Jets they're practicing uh, at noon at the Canada Life, so of course check out illegalcurve.com. We'll have the practice report up, and again, all of on YouTube. Make sure you check out all the videos, all the media availabilities. We have them up almost instantly. Fastest source of Jets media availabilities when I'm there, which is usually every time, and so you can get that. And make sure you smash the like button for those videos and for this show, there but. So we'll have a little bit more on that. We may speak to Gabe Velarde. He hasn't spoken yet. Uh, if we don't, then probably on Thursday, if he's able to go. So Rick Bonus wasn't prepared to say he's going to be ready to face the Oilers on Thursday, but it sounds like um, it sounds like he is working towards that. We got to, we'll see. He's a game time decision. So we'll have to wait to see how he comes through tomorrow. And again, ultimately on, on Thursday. But to me, just to quickly kind of get back into, I know we're going to talk about the game, but I do wonder if you add Velarde to this lineup, mm-hmm what kind of changed that game, how that game looks like. Cause look, IFL has done an admirable job on the top line, but it's, it's ultimately like, I don't know that that top line is, although Mark Shifley was a beast tonight. I thought Mark Shifley was excellent. Uh, you know, in, in really all ends, like there's one play where he makes a pass. The pass is an errant pass. So, you know, it doesn't hit the defense when he's trying to get to, so it's going to be, could be a two on one and he chugs back to get back yeah. and, and, and make to prevent an odd man rush. So, I thought he was excellent in the offensive zone. I thought he was really good. You know, I thought he was good defensively and, and I thought 55 was really good tonight. I really did. So um, it was, like I said, it was a good game. 44 had a good game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Look, but it wasn't a bad, it, this was an entertaining hockey game. It was, you know, it, low, low event and low scoring, but really mm-hmm. I thought from the second, you know, in the first period, you know, it was a little bit, yeah, not great. I mean, it was a definitely low event. Of all the periods in this low event game, yeah. the first period was the most low event. But you could sell, you could tell that this was a very tight checking game. You know, yeah. that both teams sort of played their systems pretty well. You mm-hmm. know that, and, and and it was definitely more of a a chess match out there than uh, than. Some so you're not watching that. You're not watching game. that game and thinking the Jets got dominated by the no, Stars. I mean, look, by, there were there were stretches where both teams had, you know control of the play but mm-hmm. but i didn't I, I again 
It's funny. At one point, I was going to say this is a Jets match. A, a yeah. Jets match. A chess I think match. This, this comment from, from what is that? ZTM uh, yes. uh, that I'm posting right now. Low event, high level hockey. That's pretty, yeah. you know, that sums it up pretty well, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think both teams felt each other out a little bit in that first period. It was a little, you know, there weren't too many, um, too many, like, guys really taking risks. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that they were just trying to, you know, kind of almost like a boxing match in the in the early, you know, rounds of a boxing match where you're just, right. you're not going all out. You're just kind of like, you know, throwing a couple of feints, a couple of jabs, and you're just trying to, you know, watch your opponent, watch for weakness. And I think that's kind of the way it felt watching that hockey game live uh, within the confines of Canada life, or if you're watching it on television, but that to me was the way it felt. Although to my dad, and I quote, Hold on, I'll tell you. I'll tell you his exact quote. <laughs> Hang on. Texts from Dad when the hockey games are on are generally the, the no, no. The, one of the was, most he entertaining. Was the he was at the game. Oh, okay. Quote my dad. Boring game. <laughs> they've they've <laughs> they've had way better opportunities. My dad felt it was boring. Uh, yeah, your dad definitely, also, left, definitely left with five minutes to go in the third period. You're Maybe also, 10. You're, your dad, if I recall correctly from our softball days, is also not a big fan of Hellebuck. So, you know, sometimes his uh, hockey judgment yep. might be a little bit in question, That's I, fair. Would, I would argue. That's fair. And uh, Gary, if you're listening, I apologize, but I, you know, I had to say it. <laughs> you talked my ear off about Hellebuck all those years. I got to say it on air right now. Uh, anyways, let's get into it. Uh, the Jets lose 2 nothing. We can go a goal by goal. Won't take us very long, but it's the Betway game recap. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world, with a large selection of betting options in sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way, but bet your way responsibly. First and foremost, responsibility. I know that we have a number of the different vices that sponsor us here on the show. Gambling, liquor, beer, but more important than everything else, be responsible with your consumption. That's the lesson that we want to impart on today's version of the Illegal Curve post-game show. The Dallas Stars opened the scoring after a first period that uh, didn't see a lot of high-event uh, hockey. Uh, in fact, the uh, the Corsi 4, high-danger Corsi 4 in the first period, 2 nothing in favor of the Dallas Stars. And for the entire game, it was 5-4. So that should really give you an example of how low event this hockey game was. Um, but the Dallas Stars do open the scoring. It's at the 12:54 mark. The ageless wonder, a guy who is just so smart on the ice. Uh, Joe Pavelski gets his 10th of the year. Assist to Rupe Hintz and Jason Robertson. Uh, it's right after the Jets fail to capitalize on their five-on-three man advantage, their first five-on-three man advantage of the mm-hmm. game. And then you have a turnover and you have a failed clear. And the Dallas Stars take advantage of the opportunity, one of the few opportunities that they had in the course of tonight's contest. And Pavelski makes it one nothing for the Dallas Stars at the 12.54 mark of the second period, Dave. Yeah, and, and Connor Hellebuck right away is motioning to the ref that he got you know a stick to the face and he felt that there was interference. And obviously we'll talk about the fa- jet, fact that the Jets challenged. But I mean, it, look, it, it starts with the Jets having possession of the puck. And the Jets are, are are exiting their zone and they get caught on the wall, like you said, Drew. And then it's a quick turn transition for Dallas. And you got to give Dallas look, Connor Hellebuck gets a little bit unlucky in the sense that the shot gets deflected off of uh which player was it that got deflected off of? I think the defenseman. Uh yeah, it hits 
it hits oh sorry it was it was actually blocked by pionk so the shot goes awry and yeah. then it kind of ends up exactly in you know not where if you're if you're connor hellebuck where you want it because it goes to ruba hints and he finds pavelski and now it's one nothing yeah. for the dallas stars and and it, you know it, it's funny like i watched the highlight it's it was hard to see the replay um in the arena like i mean they didn't show it initially right but you know connor hellebuck seemed pretty adamant that it was a high stick to the face i mean it it, it was funny watching the replay because one of them clearly it showed joe pavelski bringing his stick across and hitting Hellebuck in the in the mask right. but you know when you're when you're it's so it the, looks the, it's marked the, it looks the overhead the overhead, overhead angle yeah that's yeah. right but so it the, didn't I, look didn't look significant i was like he was emphatic but it was interesting because from my perspective it was it didn't seem seem kind of marginal so i was surprised that they were he was as as you know assertive as he was in terms of uh, what it had done and, and felt the need to, you know, for the Jets to push for a challenge. Yeah. Look, I mean, I would have been surprised if they overturned the goal. I'm sort of glad that they didn't not glad from the, I understand, you know, I, you know, and again, I don't root for one team or another, but yeah. you know, so in every other sport, they Although do Phyllis everything is saying, to... hold on, Phyllis is saying it's a high stick every day. So I'm with Phyllis. I don't want to go against okay, Phyllis. Fair enough. I, that's if, if Phil says it, then I'll just, I'll just leave. I'll depart for the rest of the show. Um, but you know, Look, it was a. I think at worst it was a glancing blow to mm -hmm. to Connor Hellebuck. So Which would distract him as, pa as Patrick is pointing out here. It said yeah, Pavelski did tap his mask enough to distract him, but not right. enough to overturn. Yeah, exactly. Like I have no problem with the challenge. I think it's probably a worthwhile challenge because so often you know who knows if the officials yeah. how they're going to review how they're going to determine that how they're going to review it. Yeah. Um, I, I, but you know, from the perspective of stop taking goals off of the board, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the most minor infractions possible. Yeah. Uh, it should be a goal. Just like stop taking goals off the board because a player is a millimeter offside. You know, again, more goals, the more entertainment, you know, in the NFL, it's pass interference on basically every play. And it's right. not because it's because, you know, they want to see the, the scoring up and they want to see, they want to see more offense. You know, you know, remember the, uh, you know, the, the old uh, ad campaign for major league baseball about people digging the long ball, you know, same thing. Yeah. People want higher scores. I'm fine with this one uh, counting as a goal. It would have been a very marginal goaltender interference call at best. Uh, so Dallas leads one, nothing to the jets credit. They do kill off the subsequent uh, penalty for delay of game that you get for a failed challenge yeah. uh, and after 20 minutes uh it is one nothing for the dallas stars this goal comes right after the jets had their opportunities mark shifley with a point blank opportunity right in front of jake ottinger one of the jets best chances of the nights the few and far between uh chances that the jets had tonight and jake ottinger just made the save you know in this instance uh a great i don't know if shifley got it everything he wanted on the shot or placed it exactly where he wanted to but in this mm -hmm. case Ottinger made a very nice save and you know i think our buddy scott billick tweeted you wonder if the jets are going to rue that missed opportunity well they yeah. did it didn't take much longer for the dallas stars to score what is the game-winning goal uh one nothing at that point in time they're on to the third period the jets get another five on three opportunity. This is with uh, Ryan Suter and Radic Faxa, both in the penalty box early in the third period. And the jets can't take advantage of it, Dave. And it's just, you know, you, you have to find a way to get a puck in the net or at yeah. least change the tide of the game 
by by having so many opportunities that right. something good is going to happen. Too much on the outside, too much on the perimeter, not enough I would describe as desperation associated uh, with, uh, with the Jets' man advantage here to find a way to get that puck past Ottinger. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, before this happens, Drew, we'll talk about like the line changes, right? Because, you know, that was the question as to whether that was going to spur the Jets on. Because you've now got Ehlers with uh, Shifley and Connor. You leave the third line alone. You mm-hmm. put Morgan Barron up on that second line with uh, Perfetti and um, uh, who am I missing? Oh, Nemesnikov. And yeah. then you've got, and then you've got Ayafalo with Gustafson and Axel Janssen Fialbi. So, I mean, it was interesting. I thought Ehlers was trying to be pretty creative with Shifley and, and Connor, and they were yeah. they were Ehlers using gave their... that line a boost. I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. And and again, I, I thought Mark Shively was excellent in this hockey game. I really did. I thought he was he was creating like he did a lot of really smart things. I thought with with creating opportunities. And again, they didn't all go in the back of the net. Obviously, they didn't get none went in the back of the net actually. But but I just thought he was very good tonight. Um, and I thought that line picked up a little bit when twenty seven went on it. But yeah, Drew. I mean, like ultimately, the five on three was was stagnant. It really was. It just wasn't, it just wasn't enough. They didn't create like, you know, I'm watching and I'm, I'm obviously it's the, when, well, when we're, when we're in, in the arena, you know, that in the first one, not the second one is mm-hmm. right below us. So I'm watching right. and I'm thinking to myself, like everybody is on the outside, like everybody. And even I have fallow and Perfetti who are at the poor net front were, were allowing Ottinger to see everything. And I'm like, with the way Ottinger is playing, you can't, and in fact, if you remember, the best chance the Jets actually had was—I don't remember if that was actually on the five-on-three, but it was. There was chaos in front of the net. Neil mm-hmm. Pionk faked the shot, went back right, shot around the forward, got the puck in front of the net, and there was chaos. And there was the puck was loose, and Andre yeah. didn't see it right away. That was the Jets' best chance, and that probably is what they needed to do. Because again, like as good as Kyle Connor's shot is, as good as Mark Shifley's shot is. Yeah. And as good as Josh Morrissey's shot is, like with Ottinger, the way he's playing right now, you're not beating him clean. You're not beating him clean. Yeah. So, so the fact is, you got to beat him. If you can't beat him clean, well, what's the alternative? Beat him dirty. And yeah. so, you need someone in front of the net. You needed to get a, you know, a, a lucky bounce. And and of course, they didn't get that that fortuitous bounce. But ultimately, like the five on three is both of the five on threes. I thought was what defined uh, this hockey game from it from an opportunities perspective for the no Jets question. and. And they just weren't able to get it done. And yeah. now when you don't get it done, what ends up happening? Well, suddenly now you're down to nothing. Exactly right. And the two nothing goal comes Tyler Sagan, his seventh of the year, assist to Mason Marchment and Matt Duchesne. And it's Neil Pionk's trying to make a play and mm-hmm. he just gets himself a little bit uh, tangled up his feet and then he gets knocked off the off the puck uh, deep or, you know, just inside the star's blue line. And it's a turnover, a two on one. Uh, and it's Marchment with a very nice saucer pass to Tyler Sagan. Nate Schmidt is the defenseman who's back trying to defend, and he sacrifices the body. I just don't like the play by by Nate Schmidt, and I know so many defensemen uh, make this play where they hit the ice and Mm -hmm. try and make the, the passer flip it over to him and get it onto Sagan's stick. The thing is, these guys are so elite at what they do that that's not even that difficult of a play for them. It becomes relatively routine. I'd much rather see the defenseman in this instance keep his feet, 
use your stick to try and break it up as opposed to making the the op, the 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 opponent make a saucer pass that these guys can basically make in their sleep at this point in time it they're they're that talented so i understand what nate schmidt's trying to do but i'd still rather he keep his feet in this instance and use his stick to try and uh prevent that scoring opportunity from happening he didn't he elects to go down on the ice uh certainly easy easier said uh, easy for me to say rather than yeah. uh, being walking a mile in his in his skates as the case may be or skating a mile in his skates and uh, Tyler Sagan makes it two nothing for the Dallas Stars. This with three minutes and fifteen seconds to go. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it, Drew. Like, like you said, you know, Perfetti's got that puck, and it, it's almost the story of this game for me is that the Jets waited a fraction too long. And I understand again, Neil Pionk had done this successfully earlier, which mm-hmm. created that chaos I mentioned a few minutes ago, where he tried to kind of make a move walk a line a little bit and yeah. fire around the, the defender. So he doesn't create a situation where the puck is hits the, hits the defender goes out and creates right. a, a rush. So I understand what Pionk's trying to do, but I think like if he fires that puck, just as soon as he get Perfetti gets it to him, there's a chance at least for a rebound with, with the jets pressing. And the, and again, it's, it's, it's based on the way that game went. As soon as that goal goes in, yeah. that's game over. Well, you're not you know, getting you, three past Ottinger. <laughs> well, you're not getting two to at least force overtime. Right. You're not. I'm sorry, not with 319, not the way Ottinger is playing. So, so that's the way it's, Dallas it's a Stars costly, are playing. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, for sure. But I'm saying that Ottinger as well has shut the door at that point. So, I mean, you, it's 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 not a, a goal you're blaming Connor Hellebuck for because it's no. a tough, real tough save. Beautiful pass by Mason Marchment, uh, mm-hmm. and and a real nice, you know, goal by Tyler Sagan. But yeah, I think. It's just one of those situations that, you know, the Jets are trying to be aggressive, which which you like, but, I mean, there's still a lot of time left. I mean, that was with, I think, 319 left in the third period. Yeah. So the game, you got to be you got to be aggressive, but you have to temper that with well, a little bit of awareness. All I'm saying is that when, when Pionk is in that tight, he's got to be aware. There's nobody else. The three forwards are all going deep. Sure. So if he gets if he gets burnt the way he's just, if, which what is what happens, yeah. then it's Nate Schmidt is the only guy back. Yeah, look, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't mind the Pionk play. I mean, I know what he's trying to do, um, but yes, a little bit more awareness in that situation would have been helpful. Or he just, he just tried to do a little bit too much with the puck, and then was, and then was able to be knocked down relatively easily because he was off balance. That's right. And then, yeah, and then Nate Schmidt was, you know, you, you'd like to see Nate Schmidt defend that a little bit better, at least I would. But, you know, there's lots of things I would like to be the reality in the world and the reality in my world, but that is not the case, <laughs> as it might be. Let's start with up here, but that's a separate issue entirely. Uh, that's the 2 nothing goal. Uh, the Jets just really had no pushback after that. Understandably, to some extent, you could sort of feel that the air let out of the tires at that yeah. point. And 2 nothing is the final score tonight. The Dallas Stars defeating the Winnipeg Jets by that margin on home ice the jets next in action on thursday night connor mcdavid is coming to town on thursday night and the edmonton oilers are playing some better hockey as of late currently up 4-2 over the vegas golden knights with under uh under eight minutes to play in edmonton the oilers up 4-2 and mcdavid's got three points and that's coming off of a five-point night the night before so mcdavid's heating up and the Jets uh, will have well, to uh, face the Oilers on Thursday, uh, which is always a dangerous task when uh, Connor McDavid's feeling it. Yeah, I mean, like the the rumors of his demise were yeah. shouldn't have been rumors in the first place because I mean he he's too good, and and mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is the Pacific stinks. 
So I mean, it's it's not like it's not like it's such a great division that the, the Oilers were were down and out and and dead. They I mean right. they weren't. They just weren't. Seattle, Seattle has been good. Uh, Vegas is as I think hit a skid. I don't think Vegas has been particularly strong over the last few games. Three, so three five and two in their last ten. Yeah. So Vegas is, has hit a bit of a skid. So I mean, like like ultimately, and this isn't. I'm not, I don't want Spencer to say is this Oilers lunch. So we'll focus on that on Thursday. Yeah. But. Uh, I mean, look, this is, it's, it's just a weird situation for the Jets to be in, right? The Jets only had two losses in all of November uh, to Vegas and to Dallas. And yep. now suddenly you've got four because they are concluding uh, November with, with a pair. They'll try and avoid ending the month uh, on Thursday against the Oilers with another loss. But again, this was it, it, it was a pretty good hockey game overall. It wasn't like the most exciting game, but it was two teams that, like I said... Uh, were, were matched up pretty well, but I would agree with you, Drew, that overall Dallas just has that little bit of an edge and and adding Gabe Velarde, I think will be an interesting one and yeah. see how he, you know, um, offsets that and, and impacts this lineup because again, he's going to, he's going to take some time, right? Like he hasn't played hockey in, I think it was six weeks today or tomorrow yeah. that uh, the injury took place back on October 17th. So uh, whoever wants to start counting days is welcome to, <laughs> but, uh, but it's been a long time. And yeah. so, you know, the Jets will be waiting for 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 Velarde to, to get back up to speed yeah. because it'll take some. And, and Rick Bonus alluded to that a little bit. Uh, I don't remember if it was yesterday. I mean, two days ago or or or, or this morning. But he essentially, I think it was two days ago. But he essentially said, like, you're not going to be. He's not going to be playing the same minutes as Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor. You got to get him back up to game speed. So I do wonder if they kind of in that in, in that idea put him onto the fourth and then. But also on the first, you know, like him flop him and Iafalo, so you can get Iafalo minutes when you want to give Velarde a little bit of a, a breather, and then have Velarde up, you know, on the th- on the fourth. So, so we'll see, we'll see, like uh, what the practice lines look like tomorrow yeah. on a little a site called illegalcurve.com. Um, and like I said, we'll uh, it'll be interesting, but tough, tough for the Jets. They're in a bit of a slide now, two losses in a row after all that winning. Yes, and they will hope to get back onto their winning ways on Thursday, that being November 30th. We want to remind you about something that's happening on Thursday, December 7th at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. That's 1160 Taylor Avenue, the corner of Taylor and Nathaniel. Celebrate the holidays with Illegal Curve. It's an Illegal Curve holiday party. Come watch the Jets Avalanche game with us, followed by a live on location broadcast of the Illegal Curve post game show. That is coming up in about uh, 10 days time. So see, you see all the details there on the screen in front of you. All the details are also on our social media as well. So we hope to see you bring the family, bring your friends. There's going to be prizes. There's going to be. Fancy wants uh, to know if there'll be a gift, gift exchange. There can be a gift exchange. We do encourage everybody to bring something for the Christmas cheer board. If you bring something for the Christmas cheer board, be it uh, a non-perishable food item, they're always looking for non-perishable food items. Uh, if they're looking for unwrapped... We promise Ezzy won't eat it. Yeah, we promise Ezzy won't eat it. New unwrapped toys uh, for the We Will... Bring them to the Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. We'll take it from there. We'll make sure it gets into the hands of the good folks at the Christmas cheer board. Going to spread a little love as I lose my voice for a second on this. <laughs> Go All right. Looks like it's the Dave Manuk experience as Mendel goes to the water bottle. 
look, come and come and hang out with us. We'll have a good time. And uh, you know, if my if you if you're missing the fire behind my head, there's a very good chance that Spencey will be standing behind me at some point, holding it up. So uh, Phyllis is already saying sorry. She has to miss it. That's okay. She's got something in the community to attend. That's all right, Phyllis. As long as you hopefully join us on the post game show live here on on the channel. That's also always good. Or if you just come back after, smash that like button because, you know, that's what we love here on Illegal Curve uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see everybody at Boston Pizza next Thursday, December 7th. Jets, Avs, and then a post-game show. I'll be there. Dave will be there. Ezzy will be there. It'll be a great time. Come celebrate the holidays with us here at Illegal Curve. We'll B. go Henderson, to break. By the way, B. Henderson says, uh, I would be at, hold on, I would go to the after party if it ended up at Dave's past 5 a.m. It you might. Never know. You never know. Dave, Dave's a night owl. You never know. Never say and, never. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been, working, I've been working on the morning papers for like two hours at that point. But hey, yeah. you know, there's, there's a good chance I might be still up. The party might go into the wee hours if it's a good one. So you never know. You got to start by coming to the, uh, you can't go to the after party before you go to the party that starts it all off. Exactly. That's Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue, 7.30 p.m. After 7.30 p.m. Game time at 8 o'clock. We'll be there around 7.30. So come join us Thursday, December the 7th. Uh, that's uh, 10 days from now. When we come back, go. tough duck, hardest hitting comments, some of the post game comments from the Jets dressing room. More to come. It's the Illegal Curve post game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk with you on a Tuesday night. <laughs> Your co workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person. You married a wing person. But somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck 
has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Just after 10.30 in the evening, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk here talking about the Jets' defeat at the hands of the Dallas Stars by a 2-0 margin. Next in action Thursday night against the Edmonton Oilers, who have managed to blow the two-goal lead they had with less than eight minutes to go. The Golden Knights have tied it up at four apiece with just over a minute to go. So the Oilers are going to Oiler, and the Jets hope that they continue to Oiler on Thursday night. God bless the Oilers. They are a countless, a continuous punchline for all the rest of us here around the hockey world. Drew, uh, the good news—the good news is, based on the way they score goals and give up goals, yeah. that we'll have a lot of goals to a discuss. Lot of goals to talk about. It'll be, on yeah, exactly. The preamble will be short on Thursday yeah. for the post-game show. The goal-by-goal uh, goal recap will be much longer. Uh, I'm sure that'll probably be the case on Thursday night. But be sure to join us back here about uh, 9:45 p.m. on Thursday night. Uh, so we can uh, talk about the Jets and the Edmonton Oilers. A uh, couple things to talk about in tonight's postgame show. Here's a couple interesting stats. This one, courtesy Scott Billick. The Jets are 3 for 31. That's 9.7% on the power play in their losses this season. So power play bad, Jets lose. It's not a it's not an always math equation, but seems to bear itself out a little bit. Uh, by comparison, when the Jets win, they ha- are ten for thirty nine, a bit over twenty five percent on the power play. So Jets win, power play good. It's almost like mm. special teams has a significant role in a team's success. So there's some uh, interesting stats. Uh, here's Mark Shifley on the Jets five on three. This courtesy. Murat Atesh. By the way, if you haven't read uh, Murat's article about the friendship and the sort of mentorship of Mark Shifley and Cole Perfetti, it's worth a read. You have to subscribe to The Athletic to uh, to get it. But I think a subscription to The Athletic costs something like 17 cents or something uh, during their Black <laughs> Friday special. But it's or, worth or basically out. or or any other time of the year. Yeah. Or any other time of the year. Uh, you know, but for it's well worth your 17 cents. You get great content for that for that price. Uh, the link is on illegalcurve.com. If you haven't read uh, yeah, it's that in the article, afternoon link, it's today. in the afternoon paper. So you should check it out. Uh, Mark Shifley uh, says we hit the seam a couple of times. The first one didn't pan out. Kyle Connor had two good chances. Josh Morris, he had a good one. I think we need some more one-timers out there. We need to figure out how to score there. So that's uh, Mark Shifley talking about the power play situation. Uh, Here's Nino Niederreiter. This, again, courtesy of Murat. Uh, We've got to make them pay when we have two opportunities, five on three. We have to bear down there and get the momentum, at least, on our side. Uh, You know, true. If you don't score, you at least have to make your opponent work. And the Jets, I don't think, made the Stars nearly work hard enough on those power play uh, opportunities, Dave. No, I mean, well, they did almost create some opportunities going the other way, but... uh... It was it was just not enough. I mean, we talked about it. We spent a lot of time already focused on the power play. Um, it just kind of looked like a, a throwback power play, not like what they had been doing. And so mm-hmm. they've had. I mean, I think 
Connor Herebchak had talked about this uh, or tweeted about it, just that the power play had been heating up and had been better, and they'd been increasing, obviously, from where it had been at the beginning of the season to where it has been now. But ultimately, nobody blocking, nobody creating, you know, traffic in front of the net. I just, you know, Ottinger's too much in the zone, and he's seeing it, he's stopping it. And so, yeah, they may have had some chances. Uh, I agree with Mark Shifley, but ultimately, you didn't bury those chances, and and you just didn't they just didn't look dangerous enough i think it was almost maybe it was almost too much time on the on the five on three because they just looked again they looked not casual but slow and and to me it was like they were trying too hard to set up the perfect opportunity Mm -hmm. and as a result i mean you you end up watching that game and you're like to me again like i said i don't think the jets got dominated five on five. I haven't looked at the advanced stats right now. It's very even, very even. It was, uh, I mean, you, the Corsi four percentage at five on five was 52% to 48%. So that's, that's, that's even. That's right. So, so really it's not a significant disparity between the two clubs. I just think that you have two five on threes. You got to score, you got to score on at least one of them. Yeah. And they don't. And, and the difference is, you know, if they score on one of them, it's a one all game. Yeah. But they don't. (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then I'll, and you know, and, and and unfortunately for the Jets, I'm not saying they win it in overtime or whatever, but it's just the difference between walking away with that from that game with a point and feeling like you went toe to toe with one of the better teams in the West and, and at least secured a point and leaving with zero. So yeah. that to me is the biggest difference in this hockey game. And I thought, like I said, the special teams was the difference. And if you don't believe Dave Manuk, final word tonight before we do the tough duck hardest hitting comment, and of course to talk about the Seagram shot of the game as well. Uh, you know, Rick Bonus, this is his quote: "In a low event game, if you get two five on threes and you don't score, it's going to cost you the game." That's there right. you go. That's from the Jets. Take it from the Jets head coach himself as we uh, move Which into some. Of, yeah, you can watch on our YouTube channel. There you go. To see if our photog Alex James, who's who's already got it up on our YouTube channel. So once you're done with our broadcast, yeah, go to well, you're already on the illegal curve page, but yeah. go and check out Rick Bonus's full post game cho- comments, which are also in the game recap, which is live on illegalcurve.com. Alex doing a great job shooting the Jets game tonight because Colby, who is off also one of our photographers, our regular photographer, he's busy at Rumors Comedy Club shooting Ivan Decker. Uh, not sh- shooting him literally, but shooting the show that Ivan Decker per- uh, performed at at Rumors tonight. So you see that everybody, uh, everybody that uh, illegal curve touches, their their careers are although, blossoming. They're blooming. Although they're, Alex, they're... Alex could be the Alex could be the the uh, kryptonite for the Jets because I'm fairly certain Alex shot the other Dallas game as well, the November so, 11th game. So I am uh, no actually, Colby shot it because I was at that game with my kids. Remember, and Colby ah, was yes, sorry, photos left, right, and center. You know, I'm to... sitting there with my kids. You know, they're shoveling the popcorn in. Daddy's I know. having a beer and Colby's snapping photos from all oh, around the trust arena. Me, I'm aware I'm at an event and I'm getting all these pictures of Drew. I'm thinking to myself, Colby, why are you sending me these pictures? I don't want these pictures. They're <laughs> not going on the social media. You Drew. You always want pictures of Drew. Don't kid yourself. Uh, let's do a couple things before we wrap up tonight. Sure. The Seager shot at the game. Well, I don't know that either of the two goals the Dallas Stars scored were were fantastic shots, but uh, let's give it to uh, Joe Pavelski. I like Pavelski more than Sagan, so we'll give it to Joe Pavelski. <laughs> His first goal of the game, which was the game-winning goal at the 12.54 mark, is the Seagram's shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support and longtime sponsorship of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Seagram's 83, Manitoba's favorite Canadian whiskey. 
Although rumor has it that sales are plummeting ever since Ginsburg was uh, was caught wearing a Seagram's eighty three shirt on Saturday's <laughs> illegal curve hockey show. Apparently, well, uh, that the, that the rumor that's the rumor to that effect. But I'm not sure if that's actually the case. Well, I would suggest that rumor is probably not true, Drew. But more <laughs> importantly, we will have coinciding with our December seventh appearance at Boston Pizza. Yeah, lots of Seagram's hats and shirts and sweaters and jackets that the fine folks at Seagram's have provided for us to give to you. you So we may have some IC gear. I'll have definitely some Seagram's gear. Yeah. Uh, Last, I mean, there's going to be our friends of rumors, uh, restaurant and comedy club have already said that they're going to step up to the plate and they're going to have some ticket giveaways that they can include as well. So it's going to be a great time on that Thursday, December 7th. Uh, Yeah. That's, that's where you need to be at. That's the place to be as, uh, as Frank Costanza and Kramer once said to the maestro, if you remember that episode of the Seinfeld, it's the place to be. It is the place to be. And, and as, as Spencey can attest, we had we had we gave away a lot of IC mini sticks the last game. I don't know that I have that many to give away. I've got some IC pucks, so we'll yeah. see what we have to give away. But like I said, I know what I do have a lot of Seagram's hats, Seagram shirts. So Seagram swag in general will yeah. be coming with Dave M to Boston Pizza, and so will he, so will you uh, next Thursday, not this Thursday, a week this Thursday. This Thursday Nine will be this Thursday. I'll be at the Down in Canada Life, and then I will be here in my maison talking to you folks. There you go. About One last game. thing to do on tonight's post game show. The top duck Carson comment. Big thanks to our friends at Tough Duck for their support of the Illegal Curve post game show. Sometimes it's straightforward. This courtesy of Exhalare, I think I'm pronouncing that right. E X H A L A R E came early in the post game show. A league average power play wins us that game. And he's probably not he, she, they, not sure, are probably right with that comment. Sometimes it doesn't always have to be a lengthy comment that wins you the tough duck hardest hitting comment. Sometimes it can be straightforward and succinct. This one goes to Exelaire for their comment about the Jets' uh, woeful power play tonight being the reason the Jets lost. So Exelaire, send me an email, drew at legalcurve.com with your mailing address. You can also slide into my DMs on whatever you want to call that stupid platform and just send me your mailing address and our friends at Tough Duck will send you out a toque. Big thanks to Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show and all the great work that they do. Big thanks to all the sponsors of this show. So we've well, talked Drew, about you see, a lot you of got, you, Before you go into the sponsors, you always got to give Frosty a little heads up. And speaking Sorry, of heads Frosty. up, thank you to Frosty. for Frosty's the one who alerted me to, to Ginsburg being spotted on television. So yes. uh, big shout out to Frosty keeping IC up to date. Big shout out to all of you folks, because like I said, I Joe from Winnipeg sent me an article the other day that I thought was I'd find interesting, which I subsequently linked in uh, either the morning papers or afternoon links, whatever it was. But uh, we always appreciate whenever folks give us some, uh, you know, a heads up about something they find interesting. And uh, I was asked why no Manuk Moose Minute, because we kind of really don't have much to talk about because <laughs> we, we already did a Manuk Moose Minute the last time. So uh, really nothing other than the fact that the Jets loaned uh, Dimitri Zil- Dimitri Zilkin. Danny uh, Zilkin. No, not Danny Zilkin. Dimitri Kuzman. Dimitri sorry. Kuzman. Sorry. Yeah, Dimitri Kuzman. Accusing me. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, he's Belarusian and 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 Danny Zilkin is is basically Canadian, but he was born in Russia. Right. But the fact is uh, Dimitri Kuzman 
the 2021 third rounder defenseman. He's up from Norfolk is uh, with Declan Chisholm returning from his um, conditioning assignment for, with the Moose. Uh, left the Moose with just six defensemen. So uh, Dimitri Kuzman is up with the Moose. He had one goal, one assist in 10 games with the Norfolk Admirals. Didn't really know much about, I mean, didn't get a chance to see, obviously, any of his games. Saw his goal. We've got it on the website, illegalcurve.com, if you want to see it. And uh, I'll be at Moose practice tomorrow at 10.30, which is at Hockey for All Center, before I book it downtown to get to the Jets practice at noon. So we'll have full coverage of the Moose yeah. and the Jets on illegalcurve.com. So if you wonder why there's a police escort speeding down Portage Avenue tomorrow <laughs> right around 11.45, you know it's Manuk uh, getting escorted from uh, the uh, from the Moose practice yes. to the Jets practice. Oh, Drew, uh, Frosty's got I'm going to take helicopter. There you go. That's exactly. That's more reasonable. Frosty's got the it got it up on the screen. A big thanks to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the postgame show, the Saturday show, the website a possibility. Our friends at Farmery Beer, number two Donald Street. If you need some of that delicious ice cold illegal curve lager you get it there at farmery brewing number two donald street tell them that the illegal curve guys sent you uh, our friends at Rolly's transfer seagram's they're the sponsor of the seagram shot of the game boston pizza you know we're going to be there on december the 7th tough duck they sponsor the hardest hitting contest uh, hardest hitting comment contest, I should say. Betway, they're the title sponsor of the post game show. And our friends at Zapia Group Realty, Linden Market Dental Center, Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, basically our day ones, if you will. They've been with us from the get go, and we always appreciate their tremendous support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us feedback here on YouTube, leave us feedback on the podcasts as well. We always want to hear and see your comments. There's tons of post-game coverage on IllegalCurve.com. You know that's your destination for all the latest Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose news and audio. For Dave Manuk on the right-hand side of the screen, I'm your host, Drew Mindell. We'll be back Thursday at around 9.45, IllegalCurve.com. Until then, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.